The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the OCD and Anxiety Podcast. Today is another OCD autobiography and I interview Andy who is a stand-up comedian, a teacher and also a very good friend of mine. We discuss Andy's struggles with OCD throughout his life and some of the things that have been most helpful for him, for example uh, doing CBT therapy. We also go into detail about the importance of focusing on creative uh, endeavours when you're really struggling with mental health problems. And being a stand-up comedian, Andy talks about his, uh, his story with comedy, uh, his nervousness when he first went on stage and how he overcame that, and how over time he's learned to uh, deal with his anxiety about being on stage and actually how that's helped him in, in different areas of his life. We also discuss the importance of trying to keep a sense of humour when you're dealing with anxiety disorders, but uh, acknowledge that that can be actually incredibly hard Uh, when you're really struggling with it. Andy makes loads of really interesting points about how to manage anxiety and uh, overall I think you're going to find it really helpful. Uh, In the middle of the podcast there is some uh, some comedy because Andy got he found it really difficult to get going with this uh, interview so I decided to cut that out but it was actually quite amusing so halfway through the podcast you get to listen to um, Andy being quite amusing and weird at the same time. Anyways, I think you're going to enjoy it. Andy does a great job of explaining his story and I really hope you find it helpful. Many thanks. So uh, Andy, I wanted to invite you onto the podcast because uh, we have some kind of like, you know, shared history. We both kind of uh, dealt with uh, anxiety over the years and in different ways and I think you've also kind of struggled with uh, depression um, you know sometimes as well so I thought you would be a really good guest on the show because uh, yeah you've kind of uh, part of the way that you deal with that is kind of doing creative things and uh, comedy has been a big part of that so can you tell us a little bit about your kind of like, you know, your experience of dealing with anxiety and kind of how it's affected you in your in your life? I think the main the thing that's helped me most like is, is going to see a therapist. I think I think like creative stuff is helpful. I think like self-expression is is like key. I was thinking about this like recently, actually, like like since ever since I've like I think when I was, when I first started like suffering from OCD and anxiety, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Um, I was probably about 13 or 14. I think I'd had like a few things when I was maybe like 10 or 11. I, I remember, for example, I'll give you an example, right? I remember that I think this is my first ever like OCD thing was when I was about 10 or 11. My parents took me to see this like musical called Blood Brothers, right? Yeah. Anyway, so like I think like the theater for example can be often be quite a trigger or like a, a film or a song or you know something like that can often be a real trigger for like an OCD thought mm. so I, I, re- I re- still remember this scene to this day there's a there's a woman on stage and she's going mad and she hears she's hearing all these voices in her head right and it's done very well like the scene's like a good scene I guess yeah um, but it, and clearly it, it's done well because it really affected me. And I remember I, I went home that night and I couldn't get to sleep because I was going, "Am I mad? Am I going to? Am I going to hear voices? Am I going to hear voices? Am I mad?" And now that that didn't like stay with me for very long. But I do remember that was that's like a, a vivid memory of just being like, like having this kind of irrational worry and fear, but it just felt very re- real to me and just churning it over in my mind to try and see if I could resolve it through thinking. And obviously you can't, but yeah. you don't know that. Um, yeah. 
That's really interesting. You haven't you haven't kind of described that story to me uh, before. No, I never have. Yeah. And uh, I think like schizophrenia, OCD, like that theme is actually is actually quite a common theme. A lot of people seem to struggle with this. You know, it's kind of the worried big... you're going to go mad, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a big, big fear. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I don't think I've since that since that day, like when I was a kid. I've never worried about that particular thing. I've worried about a million other things, but not that. And I think, yeah, OCD just latches itself, or anxiety, whatever you want to call it, latches itself onto whatever, basically. Hmm. And often often it's the things that are most important to you. And I think that's that's the kind of, that's the, like, the cruel, the cruelest part of it, really, I think, is, is like, for example, relationships. Like I, I struggle with that all the time. Like every relationship I've ever had, uh, I'm, I'm going out with someone at the moment, and I, I'm, I'm struggling with it now. Um, just like having thoughts of like either I'm not good enough for them, or they're not good enough for me, and things yep. like that. Yeah. And thinking I should get out of this, I, you know, and it's like it's destructive because actually, you, you know, it's that that person is really important to you, and that relationship's really important to you. Yeah, and no, it's, it's really interesting. And I, I think that's like absolutely true what you said, that OCD latches onto the things that are most important to you. And it kind of uses that against you to kind of keep you in the trap and kind of keep you thinking about, you know, the obsessions and the anxieties and going around in kind of negative circles and, you know, not being able to find a way out of that. And it's so frustrating that it uses that against you. Um, yeah. So is what what's the most kind of challenging theme that you're dealing with right now? You think the relationship OCD is is the thing that's kind of you keep coming back to? Yeah, at the moment I'd say so. I, to be honest, like I, at the moment I'm not doing too badly with it. You know, as I was saying before, I think like having a um, having a therapist and going to see a therapist. Like uh, I, I've seen a CBT therapist. I haven't yeah. seen any other, but like that's been massively helpful for me um I think yeah I think yeah I've been I've been struggling a little bit with like and I think there's a real there's a real perversion to it like and it shows how absurd the thing is it's like I've had like within the same hour for example I've had thoughts go go from oh I'm not good enough for her oh I'm I'm awful then thinking about stuff like that and then also within that same hour going oh she's not good enough for me and it just it's just like and, and worrying about that and then it's like well like I don't want to go into too much detail about it because obviously it's, it's still kind of fresh for me. But it's like yeah, yeah, that just shows you it's 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 it comes from anxiety. This is what my therapist says. Anyway, like it's the, yeah, the, the thing is it, the anxiety. The fact that it can go from one thing to the other shows yeah. that like neither of those thoughts are actually particularly particularly that relevant. You know, yeah, like, yeah. And the yeah. issue is is more there's just this anxiety. Yeah. My 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 favorite talks about like try and focus on the anxiety, try and reduce the anxiety, do things that stop that. And also, when you have these uncomfortable thoughts, don't try and resist them. Just let them be there, and then like recognize that they they don't have power. They're just thoughts. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, what what's what um, techniques or tips has he given has he given you to try to kind of deal with that anxiety in, in a better way? Um, well, some really really useful practical things like um, Thought Diary. So this is this an app I use on my phone called Thought Diary. Yeah. And whenever you have a troubling thought, you write it down there, and you it, it like it has categories of oh what's the word like. Um, Kind of like irrational thinking, essentially. Yeah. Um, what's it? What's it called? There's a word for it. Um, like thought, something thoughts. Um, uh, black or white thinking, or. Yes, it's, 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 so that's a type of this thing. So what's the general thing? Like yeah, but anyway, so you have a list of all these things. So like one of them is black or white thinking. One of them's like catastrophizing. Catastrophizing. Yeah. And it has a list of all these things, and you 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 sort of specifically choose after you've written the thought down. You specifically choose like what thing you think it, what category you think it falls under, and then you write a challenge to it, um, and then and then you kind of save it. Um, and I found that quite helpful. I found it, during the quarantine period, um, I found I've been, I've been doing a lot of dancing. 
yeah listening to yeah i was telling you about that listening yeah, to yeah, like, yeah. Some yeah. like electronic music because i don't know i quite like it it's, it's easy to dance to and there's no it's not lyrics so it's like it's quite mindful in the end yeah now you were saying so you've been like getting up like in the morning and the first thing you do for an yeah. hour is just kind of dance around with your headphones on no yeah one thing i've found is is like putting music on can really like activate me so like sometimes I, i'll lie in bed and i'll just be like if i'm feeling like particularly down i could probably just lie there for hours i think like just yeah. being like like morose and miserable um and then if i put music on it might take a, a while but that sort of activates me somehow and then i just feel that i have that little bit more energy to maybe go and do something like even if it's something little like just like going and fold it like i don't know hanging up my clothes or something or like putting a wash on these things seem massive to me like when i'm down like i find it so difficult to stay on top of like yeah. little things like that yeah that's a really interesting point actually because I think there's been quite a lot of research done into this, that when you actually do do things like tidy up your room, it's such a small thing, but like after you've done it and everything's kind of tidy, you feel so much better. Yeah. You know? And it's uh, it can have a, a big kind of knock on effect, but you're right. Like when you're feeling like, like that, it's really hard sometimes to find the motivation, but if you can, it's, it's a big, you know, it's a big benefit. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you can just do one little thing, then that's it sets the ball rolling. I think it, it can often be it can often be the start of kind of and not always, but it can be the start of like an exponential kind of okay, I I I um you know, I hung up some clothes. Oh now I could do that, now I could do some ironing, now I could do this. And actually by the end of the day you're like, when I started the day, I really thought I wasn't gonna achieve anything. I was so my mood was awful. And just from doing that little thing, I've actually managed to accomplish like this, 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 and this. And you, I don't know, I, 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 I think when I'm down, like I'm quite kind on myself, I think. Like I, um, like I, sorry, Dire Straits is just. What I was going to say is when I'm down, yeah, like, I lower my expectations for the day. Okay. And in fact, I'm like, probably I'm like, I'm not going to achieve anything today because right? of my mood. Right. And then if I then end up just like, like I say, like hanging up some clothes or something, um, then I'd, I actually feel good at the end of the day. Well, not good, but I'm like, I'm, pretty, I'm like, OK, I thought I was going to achieve nothing. I achieved a little thing that's better than nothing. Well, actually, that's quite an interesting approach. It's quite like a, quite a stoic approach there. You know, like the the Stoics would, would kind of say, like, imagine like it's going to be like the worst outcome. And, you know, like, and then if you do achieve things, then you're going to feel good about that. And actually, that can be quite a helpful approach in itself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, that I just, it, it's, it multiplies the kind of the positive you feel from, from doing that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And what about, um, so coming on to like kind of creativity, because that's obviously like a really important area for you, whether it's kind of, you know, like like literature or, um, you know, um, like music or, you know, uh, comedy. There's there's different areas for you that are really important when it comes to yeah. creativity. So can you tell us about, about that? Because I think it's a really, it's a really important area and we haven't kind of covered it yet on the podcast. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I guess... I should say, yeah, like, so I've been doing amateur stand-up comedy for about two years now. Yeah. Um, on In Barcelona to English speakers, which probably, if you're not from Barcelona, you, you probably think, well, that's in Spain. There's not a big community. So, first of all, there there is quite a big community. I, You know, I performed to, like, over 100 people. I would not say many times, but maybe, like, 10, 15 times here in Barcelona. Yeah, no, he's telling the truth. I, I, I've actually seen him, and people yeah. laughed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <it's incredible. laughs> um, And yeah, I mean, it's a bit, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's something I really enjoy, and I get a lot out of. But I'd say as well, like I've, and I, actually, I was, I was going to say this before, and I think we, we, we got off track. Hmm. But you know, when I was a, when I was a teenager, and I started really get struggling with OCD, um, and I didn't know what it was. 
the only thing that gave me comfort i think was 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 music back then really um and play and playing playing guitar and i was playing guitar so um i've always i've always like yeah i've always sort of known i think instinctively that that was helpful to make me feel better yeah but it almost, it almost felt necessary to be honest like because mm-hmm. i was just like going crazy and i was like what else can i do like um so music was massive for me i i was writing a lot of poetry for a while um i've gone through kind of phases of what i've been into so like i've always, I've always so music's always been there and i still play the guitar and i still like make music um Poetry was a, was a big one, and actually, I feel like at the moment, I wish I was writing a little bit more poetry. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, you just don't have that much time when you work a full time job, you know. Yeah. And and poetry is one of those things where you have to feel inspired. I think I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I think you can force yourself to write poetry, but for me, I like it when I'm feeling it. Like I'll I'll write something. Um, a drawing. I I used to draw a lot as well. Um, I was showing I was showing my girlfriend the other day like some comics I tried to do when I was about 25. I'm 30 now, um, and she thought they were really good. And it was like these little projects that I just I just do not necessarily because I wanted to be like famous or wanted to like achieve anything, but just almost as an act of therapy in and of itself. Like the act of me sitting down there, sitting down making the comic book, for example. Like it wasn't a full comic book, whatever comic strip was 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 like soothing was 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 therapeutic basically absolutely do you think yeah. there's a connection there because like a, a big part of uh treatment these days uh particularly kind of focusing in on like mindfulness and all these kind of the areas is kind of coming into the present moment because when we're in the present obviously it's made much easier to deal with anxiety because we're not kind of stuck in our heads and a big part of the creativity uh, it seems to me is that you know you're very engaged in what you're doing, and therefore you are in the present moment, and you know that that makes it much easier, and you tend to feel a lot better, I think, because of that. Yeah, I think there's an ele- yeah, I think there's totally an element of that. I think I think there's that, and there's also just um, self-expression. Yeah, like giving off who you are, because I think that's when. And I think that, do you know what? It's really hard when you're depressed to be creative because, and because you don't, you don't really feel yourself. I think that's mm. a big, that's a big thing that I think I've read a lot of that, that people report saying, you know, when you're depressed and something I definitely feel it's like, I don't feel like I'm myself. Yeah. And, and, and for example, in my room right now, I'm looking at my guitar and I, I I'm down today. I told you before the thing I'm feeling yeah. really down today, like a bit short on sleep, like this confinement's really got to me. I'm just having a bad day today. And I look at that guitar and I don't want to touch it. Like, I just don't want to touch it. And that's not really me, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but no, the mindfulness thing is totally right. But the problem is, I think that I find is I put myself under a lot of pressure with the creative stuff sometimes. I think that that's a real block, that the idea that what you're making has to be really good. You know, mm. especially when I was a teenager, like looking at some of my idols, you know, I loved, I loved like rock music. So I'd look at like, you know, I when I was an early teen, I'd say like 13, 14, I loved like classic rock, like, like Guns N' Roses was like my favorite band ever, which is ridiculous. <clears throat> They're a little nerd and it's like these guys are cool and i'm like oh, i want to be like them um <laughs> it's not not gonna happen but but like you, you you'd look at them and, and you'd look at like the shit you would you would do and you'd be like this is terrible why even bother this is it's never going to be as good as that and i think that attitude has been with me for a long time it probably still is with me a little bit but i had to get over that in order to produce anything and i think everyone has i think you have to just accept that you are who you are and what you ex- what you create is what you you create and that's your expression of yourself and absolutely yeah you have to get you have to get away from that idea that what you produce has to be great it's just to produce something is 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 brilliant and and that's that's worthwhile and you should be happy with yourself absolutely i i totally agree with that we all have this kind of these cognitive biases in our head you know the the, the kind of negative nagging self doubt Mm. Oh, this isn't good enough. People aren't going to like it. People are going to think yeah. I'm like, you know, 
I'm a loser for like writing this or yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like all, all sorts of all sorts of negative stuff that is yeah. that may or may not be true. You yeah, know? it might be true. Yeah, you know, that, but like, <laughs> it kind of doesn't. It's kind of getting away from the point. It's kind of like some people yeah. are going to like what you've done, and yeah. some people aren't going to like what you've done, and yeah, that's exactly. a fact. Yeah. Like yeah. that's just, that's just the way it is. Um, but the great thing, you're right. The great thing is, is just putting stuff out there. Because when you do that, like despite the worries that you have about it and despite like the anxieties and the insecurity about it, putting it out there is like uh, an act of confidence and kind of, uh, you know, like an act of kind of self-care in a way as well. Because by doing that, it's like you're really kind of, uh, you're saying, you know, I'm important. Like my, my ideas are important. My creativity is important. And I'm not going to allow my fears to kind of get in the way of that and stop me from putting it out there. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's, that's, you know, it's really important. I think the, the thing I, I would totally agree with you that you just said is about, it's about, it's about fear, isn't it? Like people, people often say to me when they find out I do stand up or when they see me on stage, they're like, I could never do that. That's terrifying. And this, the, the, the funny thing is that so many of the comedians are not funny people. They're just people who are confident enough to get on stage. Me, obviously, I am funny <laughs> off stage. <laughs> you can you can attest to that. Uh, <laughs> but no, honestly, it's really. I mean, it is really ironic to me that like a lot of the comedians just really don't make me laugh off stage. On stage, quite often they do, but I don't. I don't enjoy like I don't enjoy like having a beer with quite a lot of them. Some of them I really do. Some of them are, are quite good fun off stage, but. The vast majority, honestly, are not that funny. And I think there's a lesson there. It's just like if you let, you know, if you go out and put on stage or you do whatever, you put, as you say, if you put something out there, what you are doing is you are confronting your fears. And that's often what, that, well, that is what anxiety is. That is what, like, OCD can be, I think. Absolutely. Bit, you know? Absolutely. Like, uh, like, like if, for example, with a relationship, it's like, okay, basically you're afraid to commit. You're afraid to go, go hard on this relationship yeah and these thoughts these w thoughts are like in your head sort of they're warning signs i guess that, that are kind of not they might be true <laughs> but they're not for sure true and you just have to accept that, that you might get hurt yeah and just just like in comedy just you might get up on stage and no one laughs and actually what you have to realize is that's okay absolutely yeah yeah, it's, and it's it's catastrophizing. It's I think that's how you say it. Catastrophizing. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, if I put this song out and I, everyone goes, it's shit, it's shit, it's shit. That how would I ever survive after that? And the fact is, you would survive after that. And actually, there's no if if you really did want to like let's say get better at songwriting, that would be an amazing way to do it because you know you'd realize okay that wasn't so good. Now I can. Now I've, I've got two lessons from that. First of all, hey, I'm still alive. Okay, it wasn't pleasant having people go, your song's shit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, hold on, I'm okay, I'm still here. It wasn't nice, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And then the second thing, I guess, is you can be like, okay, well, now actually, you know, I've, I've detached it as from being like a personal thing. Like, I'm not taking it as a personal thing, if you, if you can do that. Now I now I can be like, well, why wasn't it good? So how how am I going to improve for the next time? You know, I think yeah. when you can stop taking shit like that personally, that's when you can really flourish and start to learn. And you have to do that if you want to get good at stand up, for example. Yeah, I think it's really important. You can you can start seeing things from more of a constructive standpoint. Yeah, you know, and, and be able to separate your kind of worries and anxieties from the actual objective uh you know kind of uh, work that you've done and actually really see okay was this funny or is this a good song or, or whatever and that's uh you know that's a really important life skill to be able to have absolutely um one one uh, one thing that really interests me with the stand-up comedy uh personally because i am one of these people who's absolutely terrified of of doing stand-up comedy yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would love to do it one day but um yeah my fears at the moment are definitely kind of getting in the way of that and but I do I do like this idea of moving like towards discomfort which is what I think you know you're yeah. doing with stand-up comedy because you do really have to put yourself out there 
it's I imagine the first few times that you you did it you were probably like extremely nervous you know like beforehand probably for the entire yeah. day or probably for you know a few days beforehand so how yeah, did you deal with that <laughs> experience like uh, well um it's interesting so I um so the first so I, I I was doing improv because I think I knew I wanted to do comedy like I, I've always loved comedy and I think I knew like deep down inside like I wanted to do stand-up yeah. But as as you say, I was terrified of being there up on stage by myself. And I thought actually improv is kind of a way of doing actually can you can be in a group of people so you share the burden a little bit. Anyway, this uh girl who runs a comedy show, you know you know Hannah, um she was yeah. hush hush comedy in yeah. Barcelona, probably the best comedy show in Barcelona, I'd say. She she said, Oh, you're really funny, you should try stand up and I was like, Great. So actually I do owe a lot to her. I didn't you know, I didn't do it all off my own back. Um, she was the one that pushed me to do it. But as soon as as soon as she pushed me to do it, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I spent the whole month. I would I didn't go I didn't just go on stage. This is OCD, this is anxiety, over preparing, you 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 underestimate yourself, yada yada. Mm. I over prepared, over rehearsed, over rehearsed, over rehearsed. You know, as you say, I was I was super nervous. But when the day came, I I was so nervous I couldn't talk to anybody beforehand. I was shaking, I was just <laughs> like I was a mess for about three or four five hours beforehand like honestly yeah. it was terrifying and yeah i was i was performing in front of maybe like 30 people 40 people in a tiny well, actually, little I, I remember this i remember you kind of like telling us that you were going to do it but you refused to tell anyone where you were doing it or like or what yeah. time <laughs> in my head i was saying to myself if it goes badly i'll never do it again and if I if it goes well, well maybe I'll carry on. And it did go really well, but you know I think that's not a helpful attitude, really. Um, yeah. I mean, in the end, yeah, it, it went really well. The first time people say your first time, some often is like you're most honest. And so somehow, and I have found this the first time I went on stage really good, and then the subsequent kind of two months not that not that great. And I was, I, I couldn't really work it out, but I think well, it's interesting that you persevered despite it kind of becoming more difficult as you went yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I'd had that one experience of like, fuck, that was great. That And it is, it's really, it gives you a real buzz. Um, but yeah, like, with, so, so with regards to anxiety, you're absolutely right. Going towards discomfort, you go. So yeah, I, I went head first into discomfort. And I think that's something I've learned to do in my kind of mid to late twenties with a lot of stuff, like I'm moving to Barcelona. Like mm. the easy option for me would have been to stay in London. Going to, going to Nepal, I was terrified of traveling to Asia. I was traveling outside of Europe. I was really yeah. scared about it. And I said to myself, no, you have to, I, I, what I, in my head, I think about it like, um, like grabbing yourself and like throwing yourself off a cliff. <laughs> this is how I, this is how I think about it. And, and so whenever I do feel these discomfort, these things are like, Oh, don't do that. That's scary. I'm like, come here, you son of a bitch. And I'm like, <laughs> I throw myself into it. You know, I'm like, that's exactly what you should be doing. If you think you're afraid of it, you should be doing it, right? Absolutely. Um, and I'm not, not, not always, not always, but like, so you know, sometimes. But so, sorry, going back to what we were saying about the comedy. Yeah. So, so you know, what happened? What I think, and I think it happens with everything. The first time you do something is you. That's the that's the peak anxiety. Yeah. Okay, and, and with stand-up, honestly, for the for the first time, it was, like, really, really high anxiety. And maybe, again, for the next, like, four or five times, super, 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 super high. And even within the, the first year of doing comedy, just mm -hmm. loads and loads of, like, super anxiety, super anxiety. Sometimes you'd be, like, you'd have a few shows where you're not so anxious beforehand, and then you'd, it would, you'd have a big show, and it'd be, like, it would peak again. And... To be honest, the anxiety never really goes away, um, but it does diminish the more you do something. And I think when before I perform now, I do get a little bit more anxious, but I've managed to kind of, I've managed to, I just think through exposure, exposing yourself to this thing that's scary, I've managed to realize that it doesn't really benefit you that much to be anxious. I think it must be a subconscious thing because you can't just choose to think that. Um, but like, it doesn't benefit you to be in a state of high anxiety. Mm. Um, it, you know, it, it won't affect the outcome of your performance. 
whether you're anxious for five hours or whether you're anxious for 10 minutes. So yeah. I think what happens now is like that anxiety happens, but it happens like 10 minutes before I'm on the stage now. You know? And that, so that is, that's exactly what you want, mate. That's like, yeah. that's the healthy way of dealing with these things because, you know, it's completely normal to be, to feel some nervousness before you do something like stand-up comedy or before you do a speech or any of these yeah. things. Yeah, and actually sure. what so many people who really struggle with, you know, because public speaking is a huge problem for so many people. Like for me, myself, like throughout my twenties, it was like an absolute nightmare. I, yeah. I literally like, you know, I had to do so many presentations at university, for example, and I was like terrified the the entire time I was, you know, really didn't want to do it. It was so hard and I had to kind of force myself and days beforehand I would be worrying. But yeah, if you can kind of keep doing it and exposing yourself and practice kind of accepting that anxiety and allowing it to be there, uh, you know, that's going to be so much better. And then, you know, if you keep doing that, then yeah, you do start arriving to the place where you know you only feel nervous just beforehand, and that's that's so much better. Yeah, it totally. And actually, as you, as you said, the nerves are helpful. Yeah, I've been on stage before where I haven't been nervous, and I it's not been good. And and that's the thing, like anxiety is useful. And I think what one of the things I how I think about OCD and anxiety is basically you've got this like kind of response in you that's like a fear response and then you know whatever it, it activates adrenaline and whatnot and that's really useful when there's something scary but the problem I guess with my 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 brain chemistry or whatever maybe it's experiences I've had when I was a kid the way my parents were but I I think that's activated that 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 defense system if you like is activated when it shouldn't be and that's and that's why, you know, I, I think I, I have a lot of problems. So, so how do you combat that is to try and try and train yourself to realize these things aren't scary. There are things you think are scary and they're not. And, and how do you do that is you expose yourself to it. Absolutely. Yeah. And now for a comical interlude with everyone's favorite comedian, Andy. <laughs> so, uh, can you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, uh, everyone listening, please, Andy? Uh, my name's Andy. I am a person. <laughs> I, I, uh, I live in Barcelona. Um, I do person things. I sleep. And I do other things as well, like... I guess you want me to say I do comedy. Can, can, we, start, can we start that again, do you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Andy. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rob. How are you today? I'm, I'm Andy. I'm a, I'm a comedian. I uh, live in Barcelona. I enjoy going out with friends. Oh, isn't he funny? And that concludes the comical interlude. Now that's really good. So you're so you're doing that in different ways. It sounds like now you're obviously doing the comedy. You're doing yeah. like even in your like relationship, you know, like the kind of fears and doubts are coming up, and you're you're kind of allowing them to be there and practicing practicing that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, I'll have a thought. Like I don't know. Uh, you know, t I'll talk about like a previous relationship. So I don't really want to talk yeah. too much about because I think, you know, it's not so respectful to, yeah. to my lady. Um, But, you know, in a previous relationship, I had this thing where like I was like, oh, I'm not sure I find her sexually attractive. I think I think I find um her friend se more sexually attractive than her. And that was just this bit. And, and I wasn't I hadn't seen a therapist. That was, you know, in my early 20s, this was. And um you know and it was really painful for me because actually I did really care about this person and you know maybe I was attracted to her maybe I wasn't I don't know but you know this was a really really troubling thought and my way of dealing with it at that time was to try and work it out in my head like it was a maths problem you know yeah and it's you just can't and then in the end that relationship totally broke down and it was, uh, you know, I think it was the OCD, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that, that is the trap that we all kind of get stuck in. 
is you know like we're told by everyone that you know to kind of resolve our problems in life we have to problem solve we have to think logically and find a way out of the trap yeah uh, but when we apply that to anxiety or ocd it doesn't work it just makes it worse exactly I yeah and and i think yeah and and then there's probably if there's a philosophy there's a philosophical kind of what's the word there's an ideology i suppose that we're all brought up with and as you say that is the ideology that we we are we be rational we be logical because it's yeah. helpful in most situations yeah yeah and I th but i think what's interesting is like i guess i guess that's our society that's western society to a certain extent absolutely i think other cultures might not maybe you might find they don't they don't suffer so much with with these these mental health things i don't know yeah, no, I, I think it is. It's definitely a Western societal uh, uh, thing, and maybe yeah, I, we don't know for sure, but maybe in the East they have, you know, they can relate to anxiety in a, in a healthier, more kind of like mindful way, uh, with these traditions of meditation. And, yeah, Buddhism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and like with, um, do you find it kind of helpful uh, opening up to to people and, and speaking to people about the issues, like friends and things like that? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, one of the things, yeah, I think I am quite open. You know I'm quite open. You and I, we speak about it quite a lot. Yeah. Um, it's it's really helpful, especially to have a friend who suffers with it as well, to, yeah. to open up with it. Because they they know they know what you're going through and they kind of know that your thought might be a bit ridiculous. Yeah. In fact, my, my 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 friend who I live with, um, Diggory, like we're very good friends. We went to university together, so we've known each other a long time. And I I can tell I can tell him things, and I'll be like, oh, was, I'm thinking about this, and he's like, mate, that's no, that's not, you know. <laughs> you know oh, I'm worried, and then, and then you can have a laugh about it, no? Like once yeah. you manage to get it off your chest, and he kind of sees it from a from a different perspective. Yeah. You know, like, see, th this is interesting because, you know, it's, we need to be tricky though. Um, we need to be careful with this because uh, one compulsion is reassurance seeking. Yeah. Um, actually, like, that's one of the main compulsions is, is reassurance seeking and kind of asking for our friend's advice. Like, should I worry about this? And I think it's okay to ask once about something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But like, sure. what, what can happen is we end up kind of, you know, going around in circles and like, you know, seeking for an answer again and again and again, because we, we really want to get certainty that it's, that it's kind of right. But I think uh, it can be helpful maybe to, you know, to speak to our friends for sure sometimes, as long as we don't kind of repetitively look for, for reassurance. But I think a big part of, of this and think, you know, something you were kind of uh, like, uh, like saying there was you can have a, a bit of a laugh about it sometimes you know like because when yeah. we're able to laugh at our anxieties and fears we can really kind of keep them in perspective and uh actually i remember an ex-girlfriend of yours who was a, a psychologist yeah. she was she was doing some um, therapy work using humor i seem to remember no uh, i can't i can't remember that's, that's me being a terrible boyfriend <laughs> ex-boyfriend ex importantly so that may, maybe that makes sense um no <laughs> so i think like humor is super important but do you know what it's really hard bit of people go oh laugh at your problems you know i'm quite a purist when it comes to comedy and i don't i don't go for cheap laughs and actually if you're not in the mood or or you can't think of it you can't think of the punchline or whatever it doesn't, doesn't fit it, then it's really hard to laugh at laugh it and if you can do it that's great i i have to be honest i don't think i've found a, me a mechanism of, of kind of doing it apart from maybe sometimes I, I think I'll write some stand-up about it so I think I think writing isn't is, is, is quite it, in, in any way in, in whatever if it's ironic comedy or if it's like um, sincere like poetry for example like I think writing or even if it's kind of a bit more like cold a bit more like literally just like factual like the thought diary for example I think writing things down can be really really helpful i imagine though and, and this is something i found like a diary is and is perhaps not so helpful for like a straight up diary is not so helpful for ocd i don't know because I, I, that's something i used to do in my 20s and it and what i was doing was i was just writing down like trying to 
basically trying to come up with an certainty through writing down everything I thought. Yeah. And that wasn't and, and that wasn't really helpful. But writing a poem was helpful. Writing comedy was helpful. Yeah, I think being very specific yeah. with what you write down, actually having like a, you know, some, some, something like that application that you've been using sounds yeah. great. Or yeah. uh, just having a very specific thought journal where you write down, okay, like, this is my obsession. Like, how much yeah. anxiety did it give me out of 10? Yeah, uh, so, yeah, yeah. And, sure and, then, and then what did I do to try to deal with that anxiety? Because by doing that, then you're beginning to, you know, by writing it down, it's, I, I, I agree, it's really helpful, but you're beginning to build up that picture because so often with OCD is that the thought comes up and we don't even kind of really realize that we're kind of getting stuck in that trap and we start yeah, fighting yeah. with that thought straight away. But if yeah. we write it down, we can start to see the patterns uh, a bit better so that we yeah. kind of, you know, can break out of that old routine and do something different. Yeah, I think I think identifying when you when you are sort of doing that kind of anxious or OCD thinking or whatever you want to call it, that's that's the first step, isn't it? And sometimes that's actually quite hard to do. Hmm. And that and that, as you say, and, and actually that's something I've kind of been working on. I had been. It's funny, the quarantine has really threw me off with a lot of this stuff. I don't know. I kind of got really lazy with I've got lazy with my kind of my mental health stuff because in a way like you're not going out you're not doing anything there's no, no pressure on you so mm. you kind of I don't know I, I think that's I think that's probably the same for a lot of people right now for sure it's, it's funny I, I'm not I don't think I'm struggling too much with OCD when I see my girlfriend a little bit because that's important to me and that's the only thing I've got on, on my mind at the moment that's the only thing in my life at the moment more or less yeah yeah, you can't do the comedy. Well, yeah. you did some online comedy the other day. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I, what, what were you, so what, sorry, I, I kind of went off on a tangent there. there we're, still, we're talking about writing things down. and. Oh, yeah, no, I, what I was going to say is what I've, what I've started doing, what I had started doing, and I, I think perhaps it's a good idea to actually continue, even though I'm on quarantine, because I was finding it really helpful. Was I think like quite often I would if it was just one little thought that was negative or one little worry that was n negative, I'd be like, ah, oh, it's just one little thing I can deal with that. Leave that in my head going along, and then eventually those kind of build up. And actually, in the end, then you have to do like a big thought diary entry where you're writing loads and loads and loads. Hmm. And actually, what I had started to do was even every time I just had a, a little worry, I was like, hold on, that I know it's not a big deal. But that's an OCD star thought, or that's an anxiety, that's an anxious thought. That's kind of a cog cognitive distortion, cognitive or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, that's that. Or like, I'm I'm catastrophizing a little bit with this. Okay, the anxiety isn't like up here. It's not like ah, it's a little. But actually, what I what I was doing is I was going straight to my thought diary. I was writing it down anyway, and it would be a short entry. It'd be like worried about this. This is catastrophizing, or this is all or nothing thinking, whatever. Uh, here's my challenge to it and then leave it and actually by externalizing it by putting it down in this this thing and and being quite meticulous and like and quite like what's the word um officious like well okay we're getting a bit getting a bit dangerous now because now perhaps that's ocd like oh i have to do this i have to do this i have to do this mm, yeah but I, I think i think it was it was helping to be honest to like actually even if it's a little thing to work on it yeah. yeah 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 or at least to recognize it and not and not just go oh it's okay like oh it's okay to like be you know i don't know i mean it yeah. is okay to be anxious it is okay to be a little bit anxious but I, i'm yeah. not perhaps i'm not expressing myself very well but yeah i don't know no you know I, what I'm saying? I, I, like, pick up on it even if you think it's a little thing pick up on it challenge it challenge those like challenge it through the thought though don't challenge it in your head with like that's wrong that's no, it's not that. Is it true? Could it be true? It must not be true because of this. Oh, but what about this? Because that that's where you get stuck. Yeah, no, I I find it an interesting approach, but yeah, I I you you kind of picked up on it there. It's like it's it's really good to write it down. Absolutely fantastic, and that's mm. that's great. But like with the challenging of the thought, I would be careful with doing that because yes, it's it's good to kind of see another side to that thought. You know, and, and to be able to see another side to a story, that's, yeah. that, that's important. But at the same time, we don't want to kind of like, like 
force like forcibly kind of you know write down this alternative and be like no. that can end up this, being like pushing yeah. it away which can no, end no. up um so like when i say challenge it's i'm basically i'm using the language of the app and i don't yeah. think it, perhaps i'm making myself misunderstood so it's important to to um to clarify like a challenge for me is let's say i have a thought like i'm fat or something like that sometimes i worry about that like, I'm like, oh, I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> and i know i know i'm not like i'm not mr blobby but like I sometimes worry about my physical appearance, you know, I do right. like, I'm like, oh, I'm ugly, I'm fat, something like that, right? Yeah. And that might, that, you know, that could be an OCD. I think, you know, sometimes when we use, when we try and define it, oh, it's OCD, it's anxious, whatever. Actually, they're all very, very similar. It's kind of, it's all coming from a very similar place. It's, you want certainty, you're a bit of a perfectionist and you're anxious. But anyway, um, so let's say I, I, I have that thought like, oh, I, I'm fat. Well, when I say challenger, what I mean is I'll put that thought down. I'll classify it as kind of uh, there's there's an option that's maybe I might say like, um, like put, this is kind of like perfectionism kind of thing. Like I must not be fat, right? Or like blah, blah, blah. And then my challenge is not I'm not fat because that, as you say, you're just that's you're going nowhere. Because that thought would just come back and be like, you are fat. Yeah, but you are fat. Look at the mirror. You've got a double chin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But, so my challenge would not be that. Would be, but it would be to try and accept the uncertainty of that thought and just say, yeah, maybe I am fat. And try and put a full stop on it. Like, maybe I am fat. Okay. And then tr and just try and, and try to not, not go beyond that. So, so the challenge in a way is like an acceptance statement. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, that could be true. Like I could yeah. be fat. Yeah. 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 Okay. So just, just kind of trying to accept the ambiguity of, yeah. of and it, like yeah. but writing that, writing that acceptance down is the challenge to me. Okay. So really what you're challenging is the perfectionism. You're not challenging yeah. the thought. Yeah. No, I, I like that. That's really interesting. I, yeah. I, yeah. Because I imagine in a way also writing down that sentence is a bit of a, uh, you know, it's an exposure because, yeah. you know, like it's probably quite hard to write that sentence down. You don't necessarily want to do it. So I imagine it's, yeah. it's quite helpful. Yeah. 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 No, I've, I mean, yeah, yeah that, that's been really good. Yeah. I don't know. I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, do you have any like final kind of like tips for people? You know, if you were going to kind of give one, like one tip for dealing with OCD and anxiety, like what would it be? Um, I think honestly, the thing that's helped me most is uh, seeing a therapist. Yeah. Um, because a lot of these professionals are really, really good and they know what they're talking about. And I think a lot of their, particularly CBT, but, and I don't want to speak about anything else. So I don't know anything about, uh, about anything else, but CBT I think is, you know, it's, it's kind of tried and tested to a certain extent. It maybe doesn't work for everybody, but like that, you know, that the idea behind CBT is you become your own therapist. So I see my therapist once every three weeks now, if I, if I feel like I need to see him earlier than that, then, then I do. But, I, you know, I, something I always kind of didn't really trust about psychoanalysis is that, you know, you, you see you see your therapist every week. And it's like, well, when does that ever end? So you yeah. just have, that's forever, is it? Yeah. And I didn't really, I don't, personally, I don't like that idea that you're now reliant. Um, but I guess, like, listen, not everyone's going to have, like, enough money to, like, go and see a therapist. Although, to be honest, if best money I've ever spent, it is expensive, but best money I've ever spent, I think... You can't put a price on 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 that on on feeling good and and kind of change things. I think maybe maybe OCD is like what's my tip? Just like try and try and accept when you feel anxious. That it's okay to feel anxious. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know. Yeah, it's all right. It's kind of normal. You're normal. Don't worry. You're. <laughs> don't worry simply <laughs> my, my yeah. tip have you tried um, my, not my advice for anxiety yeah just don't worry 
be fine. No, but I mean, <laughs> just, just, just realise that, you know, you're not alone and and there are a lot of people that feel the same and have the, exactly the same thing. It might not be the exact thoughts you're having, but you know what? Quite often it is. Quite often you, you'll find, you know, relationship-based ideas, whole swathes of forums on the internet with all that stuff on. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. just really, just, yeah, you're not alone. I think it's a really important point as well you're making there about um, CBT and um, self-efficacy. It's it's so important that, you know, like uh, treatments like CBT or ACT or th these kind of things are great because they give you the tools, like you were just saying, to kind of be your own therapist, yeah. to be your own coach, to deal with these things on your own. And, and that's exactly what, you know, what we want. We want people to be able to kind of, you know, like, like get on with their life and and be able to manage OCD and anxiety in a much better way. Um, and with CBT, oh, yeah. like you said, it's proven. There's so much research done into it. It does actually work. And that's the great thing with OCD. It's like, you know, maybe 30 years ago, if you had OCD, then it was a lot worse than it is today because yeah. there are lots of different treatment methods out there that do actually work. Yeah, and the thing is as well, you'll never be cured. Like you'll always have anxiety. You'll always have these OCD thoughts. They'll come. They'll keep coming. You'll just get better at dealing with them, I think. And you'll have you'll have dark days, and you'll have days where you feel like you've you've learned nothing, and you've just gone back like five years. But in general, I think what you'll find is you know things start to slowly get better. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Andy. It's been great talking to you. But you're welcome, Rob. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been nice to get it all off my chest, actually. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Andy today. Just a quick reminder that on my website now, there is a free mini course for OCD and anxiety. Remember, if you want to know more about me, you can check me out on Instagram, Robert James Coaching UK. You can go and join the Facebook group if you like, the Robert James Coaching Anxiety and OCD Support Group. And also you can check out my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. Many thanks. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional.